Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Well, this is Mother's Day, and uh, you know, what a better way to spend Mother's Day than to just make the, the mom in your life work harder this Sunday than any other Sunday which is sort of our tradition. Every Mother's Day, uh, Megan has gotten into the, uh, the habit of sharing the Word of God with us, and so that's going to be true this, this year. She just got through leading worship, and now she's going to uh, bring the Word of God to us. And I know she's got a word from the Lord. About two weeks ago, I gave her an out. I said, listen, I know that's the last day before we skip town for a month. I know it's a crazy season. If you would like for me to, to, to just preach Mother's Day this year, I'll do that. And she said, no, 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 no. I've got something the Lord's going to put on my heart uh, since the beginning of the year. And so would you just make uh, my wife, our first lady, feel right at home this morning. She comes to share what God put in her heart. Well, thank you so much. This is the one day I get to set every bad, wrong story that's been told about me straight. Um, so that's all I'm going to do. That's what the Lord, that's all I'm going to set every record straight um, here today. Uh, but it is so such an honor, and I don't take this lightly to get the chance to speak to you guys. Um, I know Mother's Day is a great day. Crystal kind of alluded to the same, that it's painful for a lot of people who have lost a child. Maybe you have lost a mother. For those of you who I know how it feels that you are just doing everything and waiting and waiting to be able to be a mother. And so I know that this can be a painful time, um, but this message is for all of us in this room today. I really, really believe that. Um, have you ever looked on Facebook? What happens in January, especially on social media? What is everybody posting in January? New Year's resolutions. What are some of those resolutions? Lose weight. Eat, get exercise, like spend more time in God's Word, do all these wonderful things. I have a ton of friends who put out their word for the year. They'll get God will, I don't, know if, I don't know if God gives them a word for the year. I've never had one. I've always wanted one um, just because I think that'd be really awesome to have a word and just to hold on to that word throughout the year. And a lot of my friends will get one like hope or patience or my, you know, it's steadfast is mine for the year. And I love those because I think I need something that's going to, you know, that I can hang on to through the year. And so I finally got a word this year, and I'm so excited. Um, I thought, yes, I got a word. And my, you want to know what my word is? Rooted. I was like, well, I'm not going to get that on a T-shirt. I mean, that's just not going to look cute on a T-shirt. So I was really, really, I wasn't disappointed, but I just thought, what in the world does rooted have to do with anything. You know, I don't even, does that, I mean, I know it's a word, but um, I knew that God had something for me to discover about roots and about being rooted in him. And uh, the thing about roots is that they single-handedly nourish and anchor the tree all unseen. You can't see it from, you know, from where you stand, you can't see it. We enjoy the shade from the leaves. We enjoy the fruit from the branches but the roots are the life-giving agents to that tree. Um, so let me start with, I had to actually look up what the name of someone is who, who studies trees. 
because obviously I am not one, and an arborist. I am not an arborist, but I have really enjoyed just kind of jumping into what, what it means to be rooted in Christ. And I think there's something for all of us to learn today. Um, so let's, let me skip over here. Let's start off with a just with, pray, with a word of prayer. God, I just thank you for being our Father. I thank you for being the pursuer of our hearts. From the beginning of time, God, you had a plan of redemption for us. Your goodness and your mercy, they follow after us and they run after us. And I pray that over these next few moments of time, God, that you will just stretch us and conform us into your truths God, I pray that you open our eyes and our ears and that you will transform us and help us to dig deep roots. Because, God, I know that your, your word says that the storms will come and the wind will blow. And we have got to be able to be steadfast and strong in those. So I pray that you would just bless this time that we have together. And everyone said amen and amen. Well, a few, I think it was last summer, we had this really strange-looking bush that was beside our driveway wasn't bothering me other than the fact that it collected flies. I don't know what it was, but you could kick it or you could shake it, and just hundreds of flies, it seemed like, would just fly off of it when you did that. Something in it was attracting flies. And um, we were having a fly problem in our house, so naturally I wanted to get rid of it. Well, there are certain things around the house that I'm not supposed to do, that it's Greg's job. But there are so many things that I can do without his help. So that was one of the, I, I get in trouble a lot, but I knew, I was like, I can pull this thing out. So I got out there and I had, a, I had a shovel and I was pulling and I was pulling and I was digging and nothing was moving. So Greg came home from lunch and I got the look for doing things that I wasn't supposed to do. And later that afternoon I walked out and the bush was gone and I was like, my man has pulled this bush out. I was just like really wowed. I thought, he's so strong. So later that day, I said, that evening, I said, how'd you get that? Did you just pull it? He's like, oh, I just attached it to my truck and pulled it out. I thought, I mean, I was impressed, but slightly less impressed that, that he hadn't pulled it out with his own strength. But those roots were really, 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 really strong. And if you don't pull it out by the roots, it's going to stay there. It's going to come back. Uh, so how many of you have, how many of you know what a Bradford pear tree is? Raise your hand. How many of you have a Bradford pear somewhere in your yard? They're everywhere. Do you know what Bradford pears are? <laughs> Somebody said the devil. Um, they are an ornamental tree. This is what they look like. They, every spring, they make the most beautiful white flowers that smell like, I'm sorry, but they smell like throw up. That's the only thing that I can equate them to. They stink. But we, ha we had three in our yard, and we are down to one. And it is only a matter of when, not or if not when, it's, it's going to happen. It's got, the, the other one is going to fall. One of them fell because it got hit by lightning. The other one just one day, there wasn't anything going on that day. It was a quiet day, and we heard, and the tree just split down the middle. Um, and that's what happens. That's why these, these trees, their root system is, is not strong. It's not deep, and it's not strong. And so they cannot withstand the growth that happens. And so its, it's roots don't serve as that anchor that 
other trees have. So the Bible has some things to say about roots and trees being planted. So Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Ephesians 3, 16 and 19 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. So if you are rooted and established in love, look at the things that are going to come from that. You're going to have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He has that for us. He has that for us. We've got to be rooted in him. Proverbs 12, 3 says, Wickedness never brings stability, but the godly have deep roots. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Listen to this. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. They never stop producing fruit. Rooted defined means establish deeply and firmly. The dictionary, um, also def Strong's dictionary, defines root as, being, as becoming stable. It's also described as to, re to render firm, to fix, establish, to cause a person or a thing to be thoroughly grounded. And I believe that God has a word for us today that's going to help us, to encourage us, but also help us establish our roots deeply and firmly in Him. And there are many things that our lives should be rooted in, but there are only three I want to talk about today. The first one is that we need to be rooted in Christ. That's kind of a given. We've got to be rooted in Christ. We cannot and we will not live a fruitful life if we are not rooted in him. If we are apart from him, we're not going to grow and we're not going to bear fruit. It's not going to happen. Just like a tree, if you have a tree and you just lay it down, its roots are exposed and it's not grounded or, or in anything, it's not going to live. It's going to die. So our instructions to live a fruitful life are found in his word. If we want our roots to be strong and be able to stand up against the storms of life, we have to be connected to Christ. And it's described in Luke. This is kind of a story about having your foundation in Christ. Greg kind of alluded to this last week, uh, the story about building your house upon the rock and the sand. This is Luke 6, 47 and 49. It says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. So this is if you, if you come to Jesus, you listen to him, and then you follow what he says, this is what, this is what the result of that is. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise, not if, but when the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is built well. But anyone who hears it and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse not it might collapse, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. And the two, house, the two builders described here in this passage, the first one built his house upon a rock. What happened when the storm came? 
his house withstood. Nothing happened to that house. It stayed there. The second built his house upon the sand, and the house collapsed under the storm. I have a feeling, though, that if you looked at those two houses, if that one wasn't already in the sand, <laughs> if it was kind of up out of the sand, if you looked at it at face value, there's really nothing visibly different between them, right? Don't they visibly look the same? Both builders probably went and got the same lumber from whatever lumber yard they had back then. They both achieved the same goal, right? They achieved the same design. They both finished. At face value, there's nothing, there's probably more similar about those houses than what's different. They looked exactly the same from the outside. But the difference is one had a firm foundation and the other didn't. Storms will come. The Bible plainly says that we will have trouble in this world, but he didn't leave it at that. He has overcome every storm that we have faced and every storm that we are going to face. Our job is to plant ourselves and root ourselves in his word because it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. Clearly, it does not matter what it looks like on the outside. I mean, makeup can only, girls, this is true, makeup can only cover up so much ugly, right? And I'm not talking about ugly. I'm talking about ugly. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, pretty is something you're born with, but beautiful, that's an equal opportunity adjective. I love that. God's not impressed by how put together we pretend to be. He's looking much deeper. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And your life might be going through a lot right now. And there might be storms coming from every single direction. But if you know the God who calms the storm and you know his promises, you can withstand anything. Anything. Roots are developed under the ground. No one sees it but you and your Savior. And now when your roots are deep and they're grounded, your fruit, obviously, people are going to see the fruit from those roots being grounded. But this is where the fruit of the Spirit comes in. We have to continuously examine whether or not our fruit lines up with his word. And I put this, this might be a little bit cheesy, but I just felt like the Holy Spirit dropped in my, my mind last night as I was going over this message that the fruit of the Spirit, they're always in season. You don't get a pass if you're in a dry season. You still have to, you still are required. We are required to bear fruit. No matter what, just like we read earlier in Jeremiah 17, it says uh, they're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or they're not worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Roots are developed from obvious things when you read his word, when you spend time in prayer, when you spend time in worship and when you fellowship with others, uh, worship, roots don't just happen. You have, to be, um, you have to be committed to growing, to allowing God to grow those, those roots. So if we don't have a firm foundation and we aren't rooted in Jesus, what happens is we fall prey to the lies of the enemy. So how do you combat a lie? With the truth. If you are not rooted in Christ and in his word, how are you going to know how to combat a lie? How do you even know it's going to be a lie if you don't know the truth? If you don't know the truth, you'll believe a lie. So we are, we, are call, we are called to be rooted in Christ if we're going to live a fruitful life. The second thing that we have to be rooted in is compassion. 
Compassion literally means to suffer together. Among emotion researchers, yes, that's really a thing. There are things, emotional researchers. It is defined, compassion is defined as the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another's suffering and feel motivated to relieve that suffering. And that really made me pause and think, when was the last time I was moved by compassion? When was the last time that I was actually felt motivated to help relieve somebody's uh, suffering? That's compassion. We're instructed in Colossians to put on compassion and to bear with one another. I think we would all agree that our world is very self-centered and self-oriented, right? I was at the outlet malls in Little Rock this past week, and there is a, there's a a place that you can go in and pay $100 for like, or maybe, I don't know, it, it, was, it was expensive to just go take selfies. They have all, you guys, have you got, am I, okay, what is it? Okay, but you know about these. I, I, I was, I was going to look on this front row because I figured y'all would know. Um, but you just go and you take selfies of yourself around if all these different backgrounds. And so just that self-centered, self-oriented. And this, there's very little thought for anyone else other than one's self often. Mother Teresa once said, if you judge people, you have no time to love them. Um, this is, I'm telling you, this has like been working on me a lot uh, the last couple of weeks. If you judge someone, you don't have time to love them. Everything that Jesus did was motivated by compassion. So shouldn't we also be motivated by compassion? He was motivated by compassion when he left his boat and he fed the 5,000. He was motivated in compassion when he looked at the crowds and saw them as sheep with no shepherd. And he was motivated by compassion when the, the leper knelt before him and asked him to heal him. And he healed him. And he was everything that he, every single thing that Jesus did was motivated out of compassion. He was motivated by compassion when he died a sinner's death on my cross and on your cross. He was motivated by compassion. And so we also have to be motivated by that compassion for this world today. The world needs a lot more compassion than what, it, than what is there right now. The third thing that we must be rooted in is we must be rooted in community. Community is defined as a unified body of individuals. You might use the words like the body of Christ. When I say community, I'm thinking also of the body of Christ. Along the Pacific coast, there are these gigantic trees called redwoods. And my brother lives in Northern California, and so he sent me, not every one of my pictures that I have are from him, and this is one of the pictures that he sent me of redwoods. These are the huge trees that people can drive cars through. Um, they can grow upwards of 365 feet. They have a width of 22 feet at its base, and they regularly reach ages of around 600 years. Those are some strong trees. It all starts with a seed about the size of a tomato seed. But oddly enough, the redwoods roots, they aren't that deep. I was so surprised because these, these trees can withstand storms and floods. But sometimes they're no more than 6 to 12 feet deep. And I thought, well, I could pull that up then. if you know, I couldn't get that bush up, but I could get one of those up if they aren't that deep. But one thing that researchers have discovered is that, it, that redwoods rely on each other for a strong root system. Their long roots can extend 100 feet away from the base of the tree. And then there are taller trees like these next pictures. These are banyan trees. 
they can, you can find some of these down in South Florida. Uh, they're also just, uh, I think, mostly in warmer climates. These trees grow so tall that they compete with other trees for sunshine. They're actually a member of the fig family, and they're called strangler figs. Their, tree, their seeds grow on host trees, and then the banyan tree outgrows that. It outcompetes the host, and it completely kills the tree that it was just using, and it also kills all the trees around it because it's taking their, their source of, nu of nutrients. The roots constrict the trunk of the host tree and surround the host tree roots, cutting off nutrients, cutting off supplies. So banyan trees aren't very helpful to the community around them. Redwoods are different. Their roots help each other. They actually create a network of support that creates strength and stability. The key to the redwood strength and stability, they form a community of roots that help support other redwoods and other trees around it. And I thought, in a world of banyans, be a redwood. That's what I was thinking of this whole time. I was like, the world is full of banyan trees, people just using other people for whatever they need and then leaving them when they're done with them. But the redwoods link roots with other trees so that they're stronger, and they're also making the other trees strong also around them. So just like the redwoods, we are called to be a part of the big network called the body of Christ. We're called to support, strengthen, and stabilize each other as we fulfill the calling on our lives. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Psalm 133.1 says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. Unity looks really good on us. Unity is not something that is around very much these days. There's so much division, but we have got to be unified as the body of Christ. There's no, it's not a competition to see who can be the best at this or that. It's a community and we serve each other. There's no I or you in the community or the body of Christ. There's only we. We've been called and chosen and appointed. So here are a few things. If you're loving Jesus... If you're loving Jesus and loving people, you won't have time to be petty. If you are loving Jesus and loving people, you won't have time to be bitter. If you are loving Jesus and loving people, you won't have time to gossip. And I think you could just fill in. If your time is spent loving God and loving people, Nothing else, there's nothing else that you, you're not going to have a need for anything else. That's going to be enough. John 1, 35 and 36 says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love, just as I have loved you, you love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Our being rooted in compassion, rooted in Christ, that makes our lives a living testimony of God to the world. It's a living testimony. So the storms will come, right? Winds will blow, right? But if we are truly rooted in Christ and rooted in compassion and rooted in community, and just like the redwood, we intertwine our roots with other believers and with, with Christ, we're going to survive. And we're not just going to survive, we're going to thrive. And we're not just going to thrive, we are going to bear fruit. 
and it's fruit that is going to be life-giving to us and to the people and to the world around us. So those are just three simple things that I feel like God just laid on my heart. I want to pray over us, um, and, and I'll give it over to Greg. But God, I just thank you, and I thank you for this word that you placed on my heart today. God, I know that in this world that is constantly a storm around us, God, that you have called us to be rooted in you. I know that you, you want us to be rooted in you and be rooted in what you are doing. I pray that you would help us to rise up and to be strong in you so we can withstand the storms. God, I pray that we would root ourselves in your word and in your presence. God, I ask that you would help us to be rooted in compassion. God, especially for those who don't look and don't act and don't talk and don't think like us, God. You've called us to love one another. Give us strength to withstand the storms of life. Help us to support each other and bear one another's burdens. Give us a desire that for your presence that just fills us up so much that we don't have a desire for anything else. Lord, we want to bear good fruit. We want to be healthy. We want to be fully engaged in what you're doing, God, and I know that that will only come from being rooted in you. So we ask all of these things in Jesus' name, amen. So uh, when... You see someone at the restaurant in a few minutes or your family ask you tonight, so what did y'all talk about in church today? Your answer is going to be to what? To be to be rooted. And I love what Megan said uh, about those two houses. Being rooted isn't about what you know. You're rooted by application. So this, this week, let's make sure we're living, not just this week, uh, for our lives. Let's make sure we're rooting ourselves in the Lord. I want to pray for you before you go. If you're our first-time guest, I'd love to greet you and meet you. Also, for every mom, when you walk out the front door, there's two tables. The table on the left is where I'll be because I have a gift for every first-time guest, but the table on your right is filled with gifts, so every mom, we have a gift for you uh, as you exit on the porch, walking out the table on your right. So every mom, make sure you stop by and pick up a gift. Father, I just bless the people today. Lord, I pray that today you will bless them. I pray you will bless them and keep them. You'll let your face shine upon them. I pray you'll give them joy and peace both now and forever. I pray they will live lives that are rooted in you, rooted in compassion, and God, rooted in each other, that we can be the body of Christ to one another. And we'll give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap for his word today? We love you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. If you're a first-time guest, please stop by. All moms, stop by and grab your gift. Have a wonderful Sunday. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day, and God bless.